So we back at it for another one. It's Ellie Don, the Goddess MC, and you are tuned in to the First Fridays podcast. Shout out to all the listeners on SoundCloud, Apple Music, and of course at thegodcollection.com. And today I have a very special guest, Marquise. Hey, how you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. No complaints. Are you sure? Jenkins, I wanted to talk to you about this podcast because right now a lot of people are talking about the 50 year anniversary of hip hop and I think you're a good person to talk to because I feel like you have a strong relationship with hip hop even when you was off of it (laughs) and you was on it you would always put me on to a lot of new artists that were really good that I need to listen to Jenkins is one of them but I feel like you're really opinionated about just music and we care a lot. Like you and I, I think we both care about the music that we listen to. And when it comes to hip hop in general, we could be really critical about it. So I think it's good to just have these conversations about the 50th year and anniversary of hip hop, just to talk about where it's been and where it's gone and the music that resonates with us. Because I remember there was like a conversation about how hip hop is different from rap and people don't necessarily know the difference. Do you think there's still a difference these days? Um, not so much. You know, I think it is all, I think a lot of it is like, there's a level of completion and I think everybody has their own different definition of what it, what, what they may be. I think back in the day there was maybe like this level of, um, like rap music right and then rap music was what was on the radio and hip-hop was like what you had to find from the underground right yeah um nowadays i think that um most things are still most most music is like to an extent underground because i don't think they were as like centralized as a people with what we process and that goes to like move all media movies um music um, fashion, I think that like with the um, with the internet, right? <laughs> with TikTok, with uh, specifically with TikTok, uh, I think also with IG, right? Like we are able to um, you're able to exist in your own world with streaming services. You're able to exist in your own world, and that streaming services is from music to like Netflix and so on and so forth. Where back in the day, like our only platform and access to um, music or movies or TV shows um, was uh, the radio or it was like maybe it was cable if you had if you were fortunate enough to have cable or and if not then it was like what's on Fox what's on <laughs> late at I, night after midnight the after midnight local video shows right you know so I think that like we had access to that but now like an album can come out um or a movie can come out and you can look at it at your own pace right it's not like oh you have to get this CD you don't have to travel to the store to get to it right you don't have to like let somebody burn it for you you don't have to like illegally download it not to say that I did that I'm definitely not incriminating myself at this moment okay. but you did to any of those things and like there's because we're decentralized there's also no shame in not hearing things. I think that back in the day it was a lot of shame and like this album came out and everybody had to listen to it right then and there. Just like a TV show, like you had to watch it right then and there. But now like an album come out like six months ago and um, 
you can still access it because of streaming where versus um back in the day when we had cds when we had to go to the store to get the get the things whatever the case may be uh, or we relied on like two dope boys or um different like blogs or whatever the case may be if you weren't right then then if you weren't on it when it came out you got to scroll back 75 pages to find this album or like best buy or wherever you got waxy maxies or wherever you went to go get your cds from like it's not on the shelf anymore so where are you gonna find it where now like an album come out in january i didn't hear about it i can go pick that joint up from a streaming website i can find an album that came out six years ago and i can play it like it's brand new so i think that our processing of music has become decentralized which has its pros and cons um yeah yeah, I mean, I think it has its pros because artists that they put their heart and their soul into their music, and a lot of us haven't even haven't even heard of it until months later. They still get that that time to get their shine and their credit. Just off of hip hop, real quick, like Alicia Keys has a song with Khalid. Yeah. And um, I think I want to say Lucky Day is on there, and I love that song. I was playing that song so many times, but it came out a couple years ago on I want to say it's Alicia Keys album. And it's like it. Now I'm just now hearing it on the radio. I'm just now hearing it. It's popping up on my SoundCloud algorithms and whatnot. And then it just reached this like milestone, like it went gold or platinum or something like that recently. And the song is a couple years old because I still play it. So I think a lot of people are just now starting to hear it. So I think that's like one of the pros that somebody put their heart and their soul into their music and they think no one's listening to it. They think nobody has heard it, but you never know. It might pop years after the fact and they're getting all kinds of streams and still reaching gold and platinum status but i think one of the cons is it's not as exciting to consume music anymore like i used to get excited like i remember it was one of the jay-z albums went to the store got the cd took the paper off of it put it in the car put you know put it in the cd player and then the intro of the album, Jay-Z is like, yeah, I know you just finished wrapping the packaging off the CD. And I was like, yeah, I just did, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, it was like, it was a moment. It was exciting. I remember even going to the store like, oh, I can't just buy one CD if I'm in Best Buy. I can't just buy one CD if I'm in the store. I need to get at least three albums if I can. So I will just look around and be like, okay, let me pick up this one. Let me get this one. Okay, I'm about to listen to this. It was like a whole experience. I feel like that is gone now. I think yes and no, right? I think that I think that you can create that experience, right? Um, and I think it's a choice. I, I think it's, it's it's actively a choice to create or not to create that. I still have that experience, and maybe not the wrapping, wrapping, unwrapping of a CD, or like where I'm like trying to figure out where I lost it, or trying to go back and forth. But okay, maybe maybe it's not that. But like every Thursday night, I'm in Los, I'm based in Los Angeles, so. Every Thursday night at nine o'clock on the dot, I go to my uh, Apple Music or I go to my Spotify to find out what albums came out, right? And that's a luxury of being on the east, on the west coast. If it's on the east coast and it's midnight, right? But like, even still, like even if it's Friday morning for anybody, like you go and you look like what albums came out, right? I still go to two, two dope boys, like what singles came out. I go to Hot New Hip Hop, what 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 songs were released. Um, today because a lot of music is released on Fridays right um, so I think that, that that excitement can still be there it might not be the unpackaging but it's the like I know something is coming out I'm going to listen to it um, and I think that also for me what has also revitalized my because um, to your point like it did fall off right like that, that experience did fall off but what something that's revitalized my like passion for it is I started during the pandemic um, well during 2020 I started collecting records. Um, so I started like going out to record stores um, for my own well-being, for my own like mental health, right? Like I think we were, we are in a time where we couldn't necessarily go outside, but we, could, we, couldn't, we couldn't go outside to certain places or, or spots or venues, but outdoor markets were still alive, out, at least in California, like uh, farmer's markets and flea markets and stuff were still alive so I started going to these spaces and there were a lot of vendors that selling records so I started like collecting records and at first I just started collecting like popular records I gotta get this um 
Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life, or I got to get this Lauryn Hill, uh, this education, you know. Um, and then I got to a point where, like, and I remember when it, when it turned for me, um, I saw a Biggie uh, Life After Death record, vinyl. And I thought to myself, like, oh, I got to get this, it's a classic. And then I really thought to myself, like, do I like every song on this double disc album? which on vinyl is like six LBs, right? Like, so, and each side had like two songs on it, one song on it, or whatever the case may be, right? Like, do I want this? Is this is this a classic for me? And the answer was no, so I put it back. Um, so I started to, like, make sure that I was getting records that, like, I wanted, that, like, I can listen to all the way through that uh, fulfilled my... Um, my own appreciation for music so i think that with the current times changing times like to, that you spoke of earlier like we are more in a space of like i can listen to what i want to listen to i can appreciate what i want to appreciate because i won't be deemed as out the loop or a loser or like not cool if i didn't hear the latest and greatest from said artist um, I have a choice now to to listen to what I appreciate versus like having to go with the flow of what the masses appreciates. You know, speaking of vinyl, it makes me think about DJs and even just thinking about 50 years of hip hop and how hip hop has changed. Like I remember I used to get so mad when DJs went totally digital and they didn't have vinyl anymore. And I used to, you know, we would call them DJ point and click. It's like what happened, yeah. but it, but it seems like that's that's all the DJs now, right? Like like who still spins vinyl? I mean, hopefully somebody can hit us in the chat if they still use vinyl. But I think it's just such an art to picking out records and even sampling with vinyl. I think that's an exciting thing, and I think having a record too, like having the vinyl album, it just feels it just it does create that different feel like you're gathering something that's classic something that's timeless and it's artwork too on the cover that i think is something that i don't want to say like it could be cherished or something but i just feel like you you're creating like you're you're gathering like an artifact or something like that like it just feels more special just having that yeah. vinyl absolutely and i and i think that like listening to vinyls at least for me right it it, it took me back to a, a space and time where and I think that like as as we navigate through like inventions and technology, um, how we listen, how we process things is different, right? Um, but in listening to a vinyl, I'm I can't. It, it doesn't make sense. And then I think that this also it it like even with CDs, right? And especially with like streaming services, right? But like like those they did away with your ability to completely process through listen, appreciate or not appreciate, understand or like see if it fits uh, an entire project right, because you listen to like the first couple seconds like, nah, I don't like this skip, or you go to the album and you're like, I'm gonna go to my favorite songs, period, like I'm skipping the rest of these songs, like I'm going to my favorite like two or three songs, I know the order and that's on, that was even back in the day when we transitioned from um, cassettes to uh to cds like we just were skipping away right and now we don't have to listen we can we don't even have to visit the album at all we can just take the song from somebody's album and put it on a playlist and never know anything else is on the album right um finals what i found myself doing being able to do was being present um because i can't i can't yeah, I could. It's a waste of time, but but I can't skip. So I'm listening to the whole album. So there's there's songs on um, Mama's Gun. Um, there's songs on uh, Common like Water for Chocolate um, that like that were cool. You know, when I listen to it on on a what's on the uh, on a um, on you know, on a CD or when it came out or whatever case or even on streaming services, they were cool then. But now that I have to sit with it, it's just like certain elements of the song. I'm like, yo, this song is actually really dope. Like, I appreciate the song way more than I did now that I am, like, present with the music. I think that Mama's Gun album, that Erica Badu album, like, when she changed the order at the last minute and put it on the back of the CD cover, like, yo, I changed the order at the last minute. So the songs, the songs didn't match <laughs> the mm. order. 
just things like that. It's like we miss out on stuff like that, just not having that physical copy anymore. But I wanted to ask you this, like about what's the most important like hip hop moment that you can remember in your lifetime? Um, I think that the wild part about it is that like now it's like super cliche. Like my like when I fell in love with hip hop, yeah, moment is like super cliche. Um, but I'm older, so I'll take it right. But it was um, so back in the day, I used to like record um, on a cassette. Like songs would come on the radio, and I would push like play and record button at the same time. I had like a because you had to have like a because this is super old and I'm super aging myself right but like you had to have a cassette that could record a blank cassette and I would record right and I distinctly remember I think it was like 98 99 um it was 98 going into 99 um it was October uh and I recorded a song it was like Busta Rhymes and Diddy and they were doing something with them right but I distinctly remember hearing the chords from The Roots, You Got Me, mm-hmm. and recording it. And to thinking to myself, like, yo, this is different. Like, this is not, um, this isn't even Tupac, right? This isn't, this isn't um, uh, whoever. Like, there's so many artists that come and go. This isn't, um, uh, this isn't Bust, this isn't Diddy, this isn't Biggie, this isn't Bone Thugs of Harmony, right? Like, and I think that all of them had their own moments, right? When I, when I first heard Bone Thugs of Harmony, I was like, yo, this is different, this is special, right? When I and I think that when I first heard You Got Me, I was like, yo, this is different, this is special. Um, and I think that that is actually when I fell in love with it, right? And then, like, and watching a video, uh, and I had a mentor, um, Dr. David Wall Rice who um at the time uh well a, a few years later um i was listening to ja rule and i don't mean like i love you ja rule i'm talking about <laughs> murdering people right? Right. <laughs> um, he was just like murder yeah murder. like he was just right. like really he wasn't lovey and he had a song on there called like uh n-word for life and i think that based upon like my experiences in life like I identify with that song. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an N-word for life. For life, we're going to be N-words. The world is yours, my N-word. I'm going to be an N-word for life, <laughs> right? Um, as you see, I don't even use the word anymore. But um, my mentor, he was like, um, yo, like, why are you singing songs? Like, because it's cool, and this is my life. This is how I feel. And he's like, yo, bro, like, you don't have to be an N-word. Let me play some other stuff for you. And he played, like, To Live Quality and Most Deaf. He played like, um, and at the time I didn't know they were a group, but he played Common. He played these other songs and was like, yo, he was an editor for Blaze magazine. And he played these songs. And at that point, like, I think I like stopped saying the N word and started listening to these songs that I felt like empowered by. Um, and not necessarily, and I think that I also felt empowered by, um, the other songs that were occasionally be because they were telling my story. They were telling the story of the things that I saw in the neighborhood and uh, in my life experiences. So I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel like uh, my experience was the experience. Like there's a song by like Ghostface Killer uh, featuring Mary J. Blige is all that I got. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to that song and like connecting with it to the point where my mother um, heard it and was like, turn it off. And she was like, any other song was on. She didn't care, whatever. But she was like, turn it off, because it, it hit a it hit an emotional part for her, because like it was a real life experience. Um, so I, I think that like the the pivotal moments were when I one uh, heard something sonically was completely different from what I was being fed on the radio, even if it made it to the radio. Two, it was uh, the moments when I heard, like, The Roots You Got Me and, like, the, the artists, like, Common, Talib Kweli, uh, Most Def, and I realized that, like, my, there's multiple aspects of my story. There's multiple aspects of who I am and who I could be. 
um, and making sure that I was open to both sides. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, I just stopped listening to all music that, like, talked about having a good time and going to a party or whatever, right? Like, nah. But I think that there was also this level of of balance. Like, I, I and I can't listen to all to live quietly and most deaf and, like, black pride and the struggle. Like, yeah, we're fighting for our rights. And I can't listen to all, uh, and I couldn't listen to all, like, Busta or um, Diddy or, or Pac or whoever that was like, yeah, you know, let's have a good time. You know, like, there was a balance between the two. And I think that those moments um, were... Uh, pivotal for me I think some of that would be considered eclectic even though like somebody would say okay well it's all hip hop it's all rap like that's that's not eclectic but I feel like there are a lot of differences like there's a huge difference between like certain artists and certain sounds like you said sonically just different kinds of music that we consume even if it's all in the same genre I feel like it's different types of music but I remember I had a few moments in hip hop like that really were meaningful to me like, I remember the first time I got my my first CD I think I ever got. It was a Wu-Tang into 36 Chambers CD. And I only had it because my stepdad had one of those music subscription services where he would get, like, X amount of CDs every month or every two weeks or something like that. Yeah. And every now and then they would throw in an extra CD from a different genre. I guess as a way to like introduce like new artists. Like say he would get the soul music. Like he would always be getting like the Temptations or James Brown albums and stuff like that. And then every now and then like they'll throw in a hip hop or R and B album. And I remember they threw in Wu Tang out of nowhere. So I was like, okay, this still got the plastic on it. He's not listening to this. Like he doesn't know who Wu Tang is or not interested. So I'm like, let me let me come up off of this. Let me get this Wu Tang. And I started listening to that. And I was just like, I played it so much because I'm like, oh, this is my first CD. This is the only CD I have. Like I was just playing it like crazy. And I just remember seeing the cream video and just how those guys were looking and with the fronts. Like I don't know whether they had like the silver fronts or they had like white gold fronts. But like ever since that day, I was like, oh, I want some fronts on my teeth like I gotta have a grill like I just wanted one so bad after seeing that cream video and I finally got one like way way later in life and then people were like oh you're influenced by grills or Nelly or the South or whatever I was like actually no I was like this came from Wu-Tang like and seeing Method Man and them like wearing the bottom row white gold fronts like I always wanted one and I finally got one I was like yes I feel so hip-hop right now I feel so east coast my roots like i feel like connected to jersey right now wearing my grill and my tims like i feel like that was so part of who i was and i was like losing it a little bit when i had to move um as a kid so i felt like it, it helped to keep me grounded you know back back to my roots like just wearing that style like you mentioned the fashion it's all part of hip-hop but then i also have like another pivotal like pivotal moment in hip-hop like like we were talking about those late nights, sometimes it might be like a late night video show. And that's the only way we can see our music videos, especially like being young, maybe not having cable or whatever. In Denver, there was this show, I think I wanna say it was Rhythm Visions. A shout out to Tina, that was my homeboy's sister. She used to host this show and that was the reason why we were able to see hip hop videos late at night. And I remember seeing Ain't No jay-z and foxy brown video and i was just like oh my gosh like i was just so fascinated i was like oh this is incredible i feel like i knew who jay-z was but not really but it wasn't until that moment where i was like really familiar with him and his music and like seeing foxy brown i was like this is the most incredible video like i was just so excited like i <laughs> i don't know what it was about it just the vibe like the energy just seeing that i was just like oh i feel like i'm a part of something right now it's just and of course, see the trajectory of where Jay-Z went from there. It's like amazing. But I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like something big. And you know, one of the moments that was so important to me was when College Dropout came out. That was so important to me because I feel like hip hop was dead for a while until that came out. I can't remember who said hip hop was dead. Was that Nas? 
It was Nas. Nas came out with an album that said that. When did when did he drop that album? Was it before or after College Dropout? Uh, believing it was before. Yeah, and I so I agree with him because hip hop was dead for me, at least anyway. And I don't know, some people might be mad at this, but I got a little hot take because I think all we had at the time was, it was Dr. Dre, it was Eminem, it was Shady Aftermath, all that was kind of going on. But I feel like there was really nothing else really going on in hip hop, really, around that time. And then 50 Cent dropped, and I was just like, yeah, all right. Like, I was... So I definitely think that people will be mad at you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it, and maybe there's a difference between rap and hip hop, and from that from that context in the context of hip hop, like hip hop actively infused soul, um, and I don't know if, uh, and everybody has a different definition for it. So some people might not be because at the same time, there was still like there was ludicrous, there was like Ti, there was. There was Outkast, you know. There was um, a lot of artists from the South, like not to mention artists like on on the come up and on the on the uh, on the West Coast, right? Like some of them and some artists. And I think that that's the thing, right? I think the thing is that music at times is regional, and unless you're like plugged into certain like access points at that time you want to know that this person, like, so I moved to California, and there's, like, uh, Mac Dre, that's, like, it comes on, and everybody out here goes off, like, oh, my gosh, this is the most amazing song, like, it gets uh, real aggressive, uh, gets real aggressive like, on the dance floor. I, I, I have no clue what's going on, right? <laughs> but there's also music that was coming out of the East that, like, uh, and the roots were still a lot. When Nas said that, the roots were still active because they're active now like they just be like oh I guess we're gonna stop making music now you know what I'm saying they were still active then right you know um uh, I think we still had like water for chocolate I think we still had um uh because this is this is before B it was electric circus you know like we still had uh, a number of artists that were making music um that electric circus was kind of controversial that electric circus I don't know. It was like one of those albums that took a while to grow. Yeah, I mean, because I think that it's it, that's the beauty of it, right? It's just, it's experimental, right? It's it doesn't have to sound like what everything used to sound like, um, and I think that's the piece. Maybe that's where Nas was at, right? Like, and I think that it, if anything, it was a challenge to artists to to grow. It was a challenge to artists to make things that sounded um, different, and he actually addressed it. Um, in a song, which is like one of my favorite songs on a DJ Khaled album, but on a DJ Khaled album, um, it's called Hip Hop and it features Scarface and Nas. And it's like the most amazing hip hop, old hip hop song that like I know. And it's great. And it was just like, yo, I was just trying to bring attention to the cause, but everybody got upset with me because I said that, um, but I was trying to bring attention to it, you know? And so I think that, like, I don't necessarily know if it's ever died, but I think that, like, to your point, um, Kanye, when College Dropout came out, it was it was the same it was the same experience that we got when Bone Thugs of Harmony hit the scene nationally, right? It was the same experience that we got when, when Diddy hit the scene nationally, right? It was like, oh, my gosh, this is different. Like, the, the samples that he's using is like, oh, this is wild, right? Um, it was that experience of this is different, and I think the gift was that um, because at the same time, Kanye, like the same time Nas probably said that Kanye was already doing stuff with Dynasty. Yeah, you know, uh, he, his production was already like happening, right? You know, so um, Kyle's Dropout, it was that, that like, oh my gosh, this is new, this is refreshing, this sounds different. Um, where I think that now because because we're not in a vacuum of what things should sound like we also have been robbed of that experience of saying this sounds different 
because everything sounds different. You know, every no, no album sounds like a previous album. I mean, regionally, this artist that sound this artist sounds like this artist, and so on and so forth. But like, there's so much out there that like, is hip hop doesn't sound a certain way now. So we we may not necessarily have those moments of like, ooh, what is this? This is incredible. I've never heard this before. Um, the same way that we would if um, we did back in the day because everything is different now. Alright, we're going to try to bring back that feeling. So we're going to play a brand new song by Mick Jenkins from Chi-Town. It's a song called Angels featuring No Name and Xavier Omar. So keep it locked right here. You're listening to the First Fridays podcast at thegodcollection.com.
You are listening to the First Writers Podcast at thegodcollection.com with your girl, Ali Don, here with Markeith. Now, the song you just heard is called Angels, featuring Mick Jenkins and No Name, featuring Xavier Omar. And we were just talking about what's different in hip-hop, celebrating the 50 years of hip-hop and things that inspire us. Now, things are new, like even Lil Yachty's recent album. Like, that's not hip-hop at all. Like, it's, it's very different. It's more like soulful or like funk or something like that. But I think it's cool that artists can experiment and have those kind of different sounds. But then there's people who get mad, too, like when they try to change up their style or like switch genres or something like their core fan base are like, no, what are you doing? Like, how can you turn your back on us? Like, this is not what we signed up for. Like how Jay-Z would talk about, like, Yo, people miss the old Jay. He's like, buy my old album. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. he, he's. He's moving on to, to a different kind of sound or even a different kind of content. And I feel like artists should have the ability to do that. But at the same time, it's like you do kind of miss that core fan base that they don't want to grow with you. It's like they remember that vibe. They remember being at a certain place at a certain time when they listen to your music. It, it was meaningful to them. And now it just sounds like, OK, what? All right, this is just a song I'm listening to. Let me skip past it. I'm not going to remember this in a couple of days from now or how often do we even go back to albums and even listen to them anymore and and I, I think the catch point too with that is that if if an artist doesn't grow then we just say oh that's the same album they just made like I'm not impressed with it if they if they if they do stay in the same pocket same bubble same content I mean like you take a a Jeezy right like it it's the same and it's still great, you know what I'm saying? It's still good, but it's also like we are not, as people, Some for some listeners, we're not the same person, right? Now, I think that, like, if Jeezy came out with something that sounded different, they'd be like, oh, this is great. And the same thing happened with Common, right? When Common started, did the electric circus, it was like, oh, I'm not sure, or whatever case may be. Then it came back with B, and it was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds different. And I think that, like, we are now in a space and age where difference is welcome. I think that back in the day for our, for our, our staple artists um, that were on the big screen, on the mainstream situation, like a Jay, you know, or maybe like a Kanye or whatever the case may be like, or even a Nas, it's just like, yo, like I want the same thing from you over and over again. But that stunts the artist growth. And it also, if we're being honest, stunts our own growth. Um, so I, I think that like where we are now, we are more accepting of experimentation or change or adjustment because we know it can happen. Well, speaking of growth, I want to talk about real quick, like the evolution of hip hop for the women in hip hop, because during the last pod, I was talking to Arkansas Bo and he was basically saying that a lot of the women in hip hop are basically on prostitute rap at this point. And, I mean, people call it pussy rap. So, that's the popular thing right now for women in hip-hop. Talking about their pussy and and getting money. Well, I I I disagree, right? I I think think that that is, there's always been a popular thing, but there's also two, two, two avenues, right? It's like what the media is giving us and what the media is serving us. Because at the same time, for male rappers, right? Like, for, for even for male rappers back in the day, like or even to this point, like to now, like what does the media push? It pushes drugs, you know. It pushes like a street mentality, right? But we had to like search out and seek whether it was from like um, initially older siblings or cousins or family members or friends to get to like a different type of, of rap or hip hop that that was related to men. And it's the same thing now, right? Like what's being pushed is uh for from women rappers like what's being pushed is this but like no name just came out with an album like last week and it's great and it's not talking about any of that at all right you know um and i think that like it's and i i don't i think that there is a it's really just tlc reincarnate uh reincarnated right tlc came out with a joint like ain't too proud to beg and you know you're listening to it you just like you might not know, know, know what it's about but it's like 
I ain't surprised. It's like, if I want something, I want it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that something may be. But if I want it, I want it. And I shouldn't be ashamed of wanting it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I advocate, I'm advocating for myself, which I think a lot of women rappers are doing now. But I also think that there is a litany of women rappers who are also talking about other things. And I think that unfortunately, very unfortunately, the same way it took, um, Kendrick Lamar's first single, like mainstream single, to be swimming pools and the chorus be pour up, drink, pour up, drink, for people to listen to him and take him seriously. For some of the women rappers, um, their singles have to have like a certain like level of um, Pussy. A, a media appeal to 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 get put on or whatever the case may be. Right, it's the same thing with Doja Cat. Doja Cat's like one of her first main singles was like a, with the cow or whatever, <laughs> like moo or whatever case, right? right? And then you see you see the, the evolution, but the evolution was always there. That that yeah. that core was always there, but you gotta do something outlandish or that fits in with the norms in order to get the attention, and then you can change pivot. And if you listen to Young's albums. Versus just listening to the singles, you get a lot more value in it. Same thing with Busta Rhymes or Ludacris, right? Like, if you listen to the singles, it's just like, rah! And like, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, move, get out the way. But you also have Runaway Love. You also have one with Erica Badu on uh, Busta Rhymes. You also have, like, um, uh, Been Through the Storm by Busta Rhymes, right? So, like, it's the same thing for a lot of the women rappers now. Um, when you listen to the albums, like you get more, um, but Rhapsody still raps. You know, like there 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 are women rappers now that um, uh, are still doing it. But I also think that like it's sexist. Like the reality of the world that we live in is sexist, and I think that like men have to talk to get get on. Men rappers have to talk about how hard they are and the drugs they sell, or how the street life. And women have to talk about their bodies or whatever the case may be, right? And I and I also think that there's a liberation for women in that. Um, but that's how people can get to the mainstream. But when you listen to the, when you really listen to the content, you really listen to the stories. It just, there's more there. It's like a gimmick. It's like you have to have some kind of gimmick or angle or something like that to get people to listen to you. It's almost like you got to play some kind of mind tricks on the audience just to draw them in. And then you can like hit them with something else. Like lady London, for example, like she is one of those female MCs that should really be on a bigger platform, like getting more credit, more shine just because her level of talent and ability. But like, she's just not there yet. As far as like getting as much media attention, like I believe that she deserves. So I feel like she's one of those artists that has to like do something to get more eyes on her, to get more deals and whatnot, which, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it, it works too. Like I talked about this before, like Corday, he was talking about how he was on somebody else's balcony with somebody else's bulldogs and pit bulls and whatnot, just trying to fake it till he makes it just to get people's attention. And then he was like, okay, I'm here now. I don't have to do none of that stuff no more. Yeah. And, and, but, and I also think that like, but I think, where we are now, the definition of making it or the definition of success um, is different than it was before, right? I don't necessarily know. I think that, yeah, there's still pride in getting the Grammy. There's still pride in going platinum. Um, there's still pride in that, whatever, right? You know what I'm saying? But I think that, like, it's artists are now, like, you don't have to be on the main platform in order for you to create content and like sell out a show. And maybe you might not sell out like the stable center or the forum or, um, uh, Madison square gardens or whatever. Right. But I don't think any artist is selling these places out unless you're like, um, maybe you're Drake, maybe. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think that like any, or Beyonce for sure. Right. But like, I don't think anybody is selling out like these huge, huge things. So we're moving toward a more um, smaller, intimate venue settings. Um, and 
you don't you're definite you 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 create your own definition of what success is you know so i don't even necessarily know if everybody's trying to get put on to the thing because whether after whether it was chance or whether it was um whoever it was that like this arc of like independence is essential I think everybody is trying to get put on. I think everybody is trying to like make it big. Because even if you're an artist and you what's your definition of big, like and what's your definition of put on? Like for example, I read an article about what a successful music career is, and that's like you mentioned, getting a Grammy, um, being on the Billboard charts, um, having those quote unquote tastemakers or the big wigs. They know about you. They talk about you. Your songs are getting put on playlists. You're able to do those big tours. You're able to get the big house, the jewelry, the cars, like all of that has to do with the look and just this perception of success. I think a lot of artists, they want that. I don't think there's too many artists out there that's like, "Mm, I don't necessarily need that. Let me continue to just put out my music that matters to me. I mean, there's definitely artists that are like that. I remember Eric Robeson, like again, off of hip hop, like he was one of those people that was underground for a long time just doing his thing and he would be at these smaller venues and he would talk to the audience which I actually prefer like those smaller venues where you feel like you can get closer and more intimate with the artists and they can connect with their fans but he was talking about how he don't necessarily need like the the biggest arenas like he likes being at those smaller venues and whatnot but even he was still winning Grammys for like the best independent album best independent R&B album it's like the Grammys, the part that's not even televised, he was still winning those Grammys. Like he was still able to reach that level of success. Like a lot of that is important to to artists. And I think, I don't know if they would be lying if they said that's not important to them and they don't want that. I think a lot of artists do. If not all of them. I, I, I disagree um, wholeheartedly. Uh, and I think it's because there's a level of it's very similar to, I think that there, it's still, it's like, hmm, it's kind of like getting a college degree, right? Like, or, or going to like Harvard or going to like, um, Cornell or going to an Ivy League university, whatever, right? Like you, you're, if you apply to a school, you're extra excited if you got accepted to Harvard, you know what I'm saying, or Stanford or Princeton or whatever case may be, right? That's the goal, right? But I think that we are, like, breaking free from, like, um, that idea of this is a standard and this is a goal as we see holes in it. And there's a level of, like, gratitude and, and, and happiness is like, y'all got to step to the Norfolk State University. I'm going to Norfolk State. I'm not bummed out that I didn't get this or whatever. I didn't, I'm not bummed out that I didn't go to Harvard, right? It's cool if I did like it's great because that's the standard of success and that's the standard that we've been programmed to believe is successful right and I think that's the same thing with uh, like Grammys and stuff like that we know that there is a uh, oh, every year we watch the Grammys right and every year we watch the Oscars right we, we watch these award shows and we watch the billboards and so on and so forth and we look at these statistics and so on and so forth for case be right. but every year we're disappointed and we're like Angela Bassett should have won this rap album should have won. This R and B album should have won, right? This they should have won rap album of the year. Or we look at it and be like, yo, how is Chance a new artist when he's been putting out all, all albums and mixtapes and been performing for five years prior, right? You know, what I'm saying like, how how is it like we already know that 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 critique is flawed, right? That 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 system of what success used to be is flawed and. It's always been flawed, even back in the day with Will Smith, right? Yeah, he won the first rap, but he was like, yo, I'm not going unless they broadcast it on TV, right? So these, 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 this metric of success is, is flawed, and I think a lot of more, there's a lot more people who are doing it for the love. Like, you take a Saba, you take a Smino, you take a Jid, you take a, um, even if you take like uh, a J. Cole, right? You know what I'm saying? I think initially it was like for the love of it. But you take some of these, or you take Mick Jenkins. Mick Jenkins coming out with an album. Mick Jenkins is not going platinum. Mick Jenkins is not going to get a Grammy. But he came out with an album that he put his heart and soul in. Freddie Gibbs came out with an album last year. He's not going platinum. 
he's not he's not he's not he's not getting nominated for a Grammy. You know, like they, these artists are not uh, getting those accolades, but yet they still come out with music. Janelle Monae, Janelle Monae, Jadena, like they know that like their music isn't at that at that standard or at that at that platform, but yet they still come out with music because it's something that they love, right? And I think it, it's. And I think that from those individuals that are on TikTok or those individuals on social media or Instagram or location, be like, we are entering, and we can tell as an artist, like, who loves what they do. And it shows up, right? I don't think that Childish Gambino, uh, like, or Tyler, the creator, imagine themselves as, like, media darlings when they came out with what they came out with, right? It was very authentic and from the soul. And somebody got wind of it, and now they're getting Grammys every year. But the last couple of years, Tyler's grateful for it, but if you even look at his speeches, it's like, yeah, this is cool, but I do it for the listener. I do it for the healing, right? And I think it, it definitely, it, I think it, it reminds me of the Bible verse, whatever case me, which was ironically like one of the ones that like came up today um, for me, but it's um, Mark 8, where it's like, um, for what does a prophet a man to gain the world and forfeit his soul, mm-hmm. right? Like, wh- for what is it? And I think that we have a lot of artists now that see the consequences of um, getting put on, being big, being successful, and what that does to them. The depression, the pressure to um, put out an album or put out a song for for audience members that don't care about them as a person. Prime example could be a Lauren Hill. It could be a D'Angelo. And even more recently, a prime example is actually Logic, right? Logic came out and he was just rapping. Younger from Maryland, PG County, Montgomery County, Maryland, rapping. Mixtape after mixtape, Sinatra, after Sinatra, whatever the case may be, rapping. Like bars, whatever, right? Multi-ethnic bars, whatever, right? He came out with his first album. It's great, like, and it, it didn't necessarily go platinum or whatever case may be when it first came out, but, like, it's a great album. And then he gets to come out with an album that he come out with, like, um, uh, I forgot the name of the album, but it had the suicide song on it, right? Like one eight hundred homicide, right? Or suicide, right? And he got big, and he's on. He's now he's performing at the Grammys. Now he's getting nominated. Now he's like crashing and destroying the billboards or whatever the case may be. And then from there, his marriage fell apart. From there every album after that was just like yo like I gotta do this and it was like I gotta fulfill these contracts or whatever case may be and it same thing happened with Lupe right like you know what I'm saying but to the point where like Logic literally is like proud of the songs and stuff and proud of the accomplishments and proud of the accolades and proud of the difference that he made but most recently came out with an independent album that didn't make it to billboards and didn't get like uh, like literal billboards out there, whatever case may be. But he did it from his heart, he did it from his soul, and he's touring it, and it's the music that he wants to make. And I think that even the up-and-coming artists, based, and I think the chance, that a lot of this is stemming from chance, that like, I want to make what I want to make. And don't get me wrong, there's still people that's like, wants to, want to, like, get to, like, I am the top selling artist in the galaxy. I am <laughs> getting a Grammy. I am, yeah. Everybody knows my name. Okay, right? Um, but even those artists that want those accolades, because like, regardless if we, we stray away from the institution of college, regardless if we stray away from the institution of like, you're going to college cause a lot of debt. Regardless of that, sorry, regardless of that, um, uh, we still want our, if we had a kid, if we have children, we still want our kid. We'll be ecstatic if our kid got into Harvard, even though we know at Harvard it's hard for a black student, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, even though we know it's hard for uh, the money that's going to, the, the money you have to pay for it, even though we know the consequences of it, cognitively, we still can't separate ourselves from what we have been programmed to believe success is. And I think that a lot of artists now, are actively deprogramming themselves and if they get it cool but they're also happy um with being able to and they want their music to be heard but they don't want to sell themselves and i think that that is um a long way of saying like i think there's hope for authentic genuine music that comes out um 
hip hop's not dead. Uh, music, soul music, R and B, rock, country. You know, I think that everybody. I don't think that every artist is. I think they they want their music to be heard. They want their artistry to heal. They want their artistry to reach people. They want the artistry to inspire, uh, and they want money. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to make a living off of it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if it's if it if the price of it is worth their soul anymore. Noticing what happens when artists lose their artistry. Yeah, that price and their soul for it. It's like the price of fame or the price of success. You know, a lot of people are willing to trade a lot of things in in order to have it. And it's I think that's one of the things that never really changed throughout the history of hip hop and just Hollywood and the music industry in general, what people are willing to do for it, for success. And I just I wonder why that's always been the case. When it comes to hip hop, you got executives that want you to do these crazy things. They put these crazy things in your contract. You see so much like you see greed or you see, um, you know, just uh, vanity. I mean, it's just a lot of just sinful things just like laced in the music industry and contracts. It's like, how do you separate or even just keep your authenticity? Like, how do you be true to who you are and still try to put your music out there? You want your music to be heard, but you got these executives that are in your ear well if you want to be heard i could take you to this level if you just sign sign your life on the dotted line here you know people are willing to trade in a lot of who they are and compromise who they are just to get to the next level is like do you even remember who you are anymore do you remember why you're doing this i remember somebody told me a long time ago they were getting into the music industry and they were saying that one thing that you always have to remember is why you're doing this and keep it to the music like you're doing this for the music for the love of your music and for the love of what you're doing your craft like you always have to remember that because you're going to get hit with so many things it's important just to stay grounded and stay rooted and why you're even doing this so that you don't get tossed to and fro you know so that you don't end up getting lost in the industry and i think for so many people that that does happen you get so caught up in getting those accolades and getting to this level of success. And I think a lot of artists, I don't think they put out their music just knowing it's not at that level to where they can get certain recognition. I think they're, they're always striving for that. Just like that's one thing that T.I. said. It's like you're chasing that hit, like you're striving for this certain sound. Like you want to be able to create this particular sound in your next song. Like, okay, this might not be a hit. Okay, I know this is one. Like, okay, I know this is a bop. Like, I know this is like the the sound that I'm envisioning. Like, I want to pull this off. Like, you're always like striving for that. I think that's a good way to look at it because you're keeping it to the music and your own personal goal and your own personal challenge to create a certain sound. But I think that's also a, another way of like chasing a song that you know is going to be a hit. And maybe it's not going to hit, but you f- you felt like it was. But okay, okay, well, what's the next one? I think when you keep it on that level, just personally challenging yourself to grow and to even just accomplish something, I think it feels good to pull off a certain sound that you envisioned and now it's tangible, like now it's here. Now you can push play and you can hear it like, yo, I did that. I think that's part of it that makes it internal, like internally rewarding. And I think that makes it worth it when you get internal rewards. I mean, of course you want those external rewards too, but when it's internally rewarding, I think that's a way that you can hold on to your integrity through it all, throughout this field. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that this artist doing it, right? This is an artist named LaRussell, right? And LaRussell, he's out from, uh, I believe, Vallejo, he's from California, northern california right and like he he does concerts and he started doing concerts in his backyard and to this day and he's, he's been in the, in, in doing it for maybe three or four years now right maybe maybe not i'm not sure exactly how long but it's been a minute and when he puts up and puts a concert it's like yo as a fan you pay what you want pay whatever you think is my my my, my talent and my gift is worth you know um and 
that's it. You know what I'm saying? He does shows in his backyard or at other venues or whatever case may be. And he's rapping. He's rapping, rapping. And I'm sure he's been approached by labels. I'm sure that people have tried to sign him, right? But he's, like, doing his thing because it's something he believes in. And I think that that is the power of social media, right? If you look up LaRussell, you can see how many followers he has or whatever case may be or how many listeners that he has as a whole, right? And maybe he might not have, like, five billion listeners or whatever the case may be, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, but, like, he is making this music, and every time you see him perform, there's a, there's a high level of, like, joy that he has with it, right? It's the same thing with Chica, right? Chica, woman rapper, like, killing it right now, right? Like, I went to something in the water, a festival in 757 sponsored by Pharrell, and, like, the festival was canceled. Festival, hands down, canceled, right? Because it was a storm on that Sunday, mm-hmm. right? But I was still out there. I was in town for it, so I went out there. There was another event I was out there for. Chica was outside performing for free in the drizzle, right? And then, like, and she was just, she had a, a Bluetooth speaker, like a large Bluetooth speaker and a laptop, and they were playing songs, and then she played new songs. She was taking pictures with fans. She was talking to fans. She was just out there rapping. And I think that that, that heart of the game, and, but that might not have made it to um, wherever people go for sources. It might not have made it to the shade room. It might not have made it to, um, you know, like, whatever people are following, you know, saying, like, on the news to get with X, X, Y, and Z, right? But she was rapping, and she has fans. And I think that there's a, of course, you want to be successful because you want your music to reach people. But I think that with social media, there's a clear level of, it, social media creates access. And I think that there's a clear level of, yo, I don't got to sell my, I don't got to sell my soul in order to have the impact. Like she, she was in, the Jamie Foxx movie on Netflix, um, Power, and she wrote all the bars, like for one of the actresses that was in the movie, um, Dominique. She wrote all the bars and all the rap. And she was in it, and she wrote all the bars. Right? She's on the soundtrack. Right? Similar to like, like placements. Right? So I think that like right now with social media, like you can get a placement on the show. Um, there's a there's an artist named um, Tia P. Right? Like getting placements on shows. Right? Actually performing songs and music and shows woman other woman rapper and i think that that's that also signifies success as an artist yeah and it's not just the same formula of like i need to go multi-platinum and perform in madison, madison square gardens like all the little names on the coachella playbill they are ecstatic to be at coachella and that's how they're getting new fans that's how they're getting followers Oh, yeah. Touring and getting placements. I mean, that's huge. And that's definitely something that's it's going to feel rewarding, especially when you know that you didn't have to jeopardize your own integrity to do it. And you're still just holding true to the songs that you want to create, the look that you want to have and just being authentic to yourself. Don't sell your soul. Okay, so I think that's a good note to to leave this podcast. So before we get out of here, what's one last thing that you want to say about the 50 years of hip hop? I mean, I, I think that, like, it's great to look back and look at the artists and look at the stories and look at the narratives and journeys that they had. And I think, that, like, on, on two things. One, I think it's empowering to see, like, the stories of who people were when they were younger to where they are now. Like, we look at the trajectory of, of a Common. You look at the trajectory of an Ice Cube. You look at the trajectory of a Queen Latifah. Right, you look at the trajectory. You look at the trajectory of a Snoop, of a Fifty Cent, right? Um, and you of, of an MC Light. You know, when you go from like, yo, I'm rapping, I'm, I'm rapping, I'm telling the story to like, LL Cool J, like I'm hosting things. Like MC Light, whether people know it or not, has one of the most recognizable voices. She's in like, the she's like the MC of the world. Of everything, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> LL, the host of everything. Queen Latifah, actress, common, actor, and, and but still making music, concerts. You know, like, like, I think that that is the hope. To see that where you are doesn't have to be where you will always be. And you can grow. And you can learn. I think that that's one piece, right? I think the second piece is... And all of that, like... And that, and, 
and all and all all these like growth timestamps for these people have probably happened over twenty years. Yeah. Like we've seen the evolution of people within ten years. And we don't necessarily know it's only been this many years. But this is like wow, wow, wow. Fifty Cent is now like an executive producer and business person, right? Um, so we can see the growth, and I think that I, the hope is that people can take that take away from it. Like yo, every day is just a page in a that is every day is a page in your story, but that page is part of a chapter. That chapter is part of the book that book is part of a value you know and so like each day don't allow each any day to be like the end all be all right like there's so much more to grow there's so much more to go there's so much things that you can change and alter your past um in terms of like your career and so on and so forth right there's certain like and this isn't a hip-hop artist specifically but it's like um but like matter, matter of fact childish gambino or donald glover Right, you're even Drake. Where you start doesn't have to be where you end, but continue to believe in yourself because that is the power of having faith. Faith in yourself, faith in the divine entity, faith in your ability, faith that you will be surrounded by people in place where you need to be, and it might not be necessarily where you want to be. And it's like idea of not leaning on your own understanding, and that's how we got to 50 years of something that was supposed to die out, of something that was said to be dead 20 years ago right but it's still here still here you're still here your path is still here just have faith and i think that that is the future is bright for hip-hop for the listeners for dreamers for creatives for people who want to bet on themselves whether it's in hip-hop whether it's an engineer whether it's education whether it's in content creation whether it's in being a chef's like I think hip hop being at that it is 50 years old is a the embodiment of dreams can come true just keep the faith that they can and there's a possibility for them to happen and I stand in agreement with you my brother Marquis thank you so much for being a part of this conversation 50 years of hip hop we celebrating it's the first Friday's podcast shout out to all the listeners on SoundCloud and make sure you keep it locked for another one at thegodcollection.com and we'll be back at it again for another one so thank you so much we out of here